Welcome to Shot on Film, starring Caleb, Anthony, and Stephen. No, wait, I'm sorry, Stephen apparently died, and his ghost now haunts the studio. That's awkward. And now, Shot on Film. My name's Anthony. I'm Caleb. And welcome back to the Shot on Film podcast. Yes. The, uh, the first podcast on the internet about movies. That's true. Uh, we were the first ones to do it. Yeah. No one else did it before us. Anybody who says they did it before us is a liar. They they are a liar. Yeah. Um, yeah, today we're talking about a couple movies that might be about racism, and I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about Bright again. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, no, today we're talking about uh, Sorry to Bother You. Yes. As well as Black Klansman. Yes. Two, two movies that came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, thankfully not written by Max Landis. No, neither of them are written by uh, Max Landis or directed by uh, by David Ayer. Yeah. Um, or John Landis. Or or John Landis. Um, that yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I've I've made my opinions about that man very clear. Yes, of course. Um, but yeah, before we get into it, let's talk about some recommendations. Um, you have some recommendations. Yeah, you have some too. I I do as well. You go first. Okay. <laughs> so I have three TV shows. Cool. Yeah, because I've I've been like just watching a lot of fucking TV lately. Okay. For some reason. So the first one up. Is a, so Anthony, let me tell you I got Star Wars fever. Star Wars is cool? Yeah, it it was. Oh, it, it was? Is it not cool anymore? Uh, after the new movie, I'm going to do the Star Wars thing next week. We'll get to that. But uh I watched uh, Star Wars the Clone Wars. Uh was it the movie Clone Wars or no. was it the TV show? <laughs> it was not the movie. Okay. It was the TV show. Uh cool. I I've been binging it for like about a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, leading up by the time this comes out, uh the 7th season will have come out. It's that's going to be the last season, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, Star Wars Clone Wars. Uh, it is mm-hmm. a very good show. It is a fan favorite uh, that a lot of people uh, worship. I, I don't think it's like the greatest show ever. It is very inconsistent, and people don't talk about how there's a lot of like bad, dumb fucking episodes. Right. I've heard that there are some that there's a lot of episodes you can skip. And yeah. I've I've seen a lot of guides online on yes. which episodes to just skip. So. Yeah. Um. There's there's a lot of uh, filler episodes. There are a couple of Jar Jar episodes, which I don't know why they decided to do that. Jar Jar? Yeah. Jar Jar the Banks? Yes. Jar Jar the Banks. Oh my god. Um. And yeah. So you, uh, he's no good. Uh. Right. And uh, but the show is when when the show is good, it's fucking great. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, it's it it does have a lot of problems. I think its biggest strength is introducing uh, Ahsoka. Who's a fantastic character? Yeah, she's a fan favorite, right? A yeah. lot of people really like her. Yeah, she's really good. And, and there's a lot of rumors that they're gonna bring her into like the main Star Wars universe. Yeah, there's there's rumors that she might be in the Mandalorian at some point, which would make sense because Filoni is one of the creative, like head figureheads on that show, isn't he? Yes, exactly. Right, and he was like the main guy behind Clone Wars. Yeah. Um. But but to me, the best way to watch Clone Wars is um just if an episode is boring you or you feel like it's filler, just skip it. Okay, so yeah. there's no there's no shame in skipping episodes. No, definitely not. Okay, cool. Um, but there's some really good. Sh- I think like season the second half of season five and like the end of season four, I think are the strongest. Okay. In the series, because uh, you got a lot of good Darth Maul stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I just I, I like the show a lot. Okay, it's really cool. Uh, and then another show I watched is Euphoria. Oh yes, Euphoria starring Zendaya. Yes, starring Zendaya. Mm-hmm. Um, I I binged it over two days last weekend. Yeah, that's a that's a really um that's a really bingeable show. Yes. Um it's very good. The the lighting on it is very good. And yes. um there's another actress in there who I forget her name. But yeah, so it was created by uh, Sam Levinson, who yeah. uh directed and wrote uh, Assassination Nation, which is a film that I think we both enjoyed a lot. That makes a lot of sense. I never actually looked that up who, yeah. who created it, but that 
that actually makes a lot of sense. I really like that movie. Yeah, so it's a lot of the same themes and ideas. Uh, but Euphoria is it's about eight episodes. It's about uh, Zendaya is a seventeen year old drug addict. Yeah, and she uh, goes to rehab, but she doesn't want to stay sober. Uh, and it's a lot about a lot more than that. It's about being a teenager. Uh, how teenagers uh, talk about like sex and drugs and just just about like life. And it, it it's really about teenager stuff. Yeah, it's about it's really raw. It really captures like the nitty gritty of stuff. Yeah, and there's a lot of like nudity. There's a lot of dicks. I do remember there were PPs in that show. I believe I, there was one uh, episode in particular where there was an entire section about PPs. Yes, yes, of course. That's a, yeah. that's a great episode. Um, but yeah, and you know, and I was talking to Stephen about this show. Has he watched it? No. <laughs> I, said, I wonder if he could get past the first episode. Probably not. Uh, but I explained to him, I'm like, listen, there's a lot of sex and there's a lot of like uh, nudity, but it's not necessarily inherently like sexual. It's like, even if it's with sex, it's, there's a reason every time there's nudity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very creative, well done show. I loved it. Um, and, and you told me a while ago it was really good. It was really good, yeah. Yeah. And the other actress I was thinking of was, was Hunter Schaefer, who yes. plays Jules. She's fantastic. She is amazing. She's She was really good. She, uh, you know, Zendaya was definitely like, I think like the the the, the she, she was like the main character of the show. Of course. And she she carried the show, but Hunter really stood out. Yes. And I feel like she could be like a really good um star. And it future. was her first acting role, I believe. Was it? Yeah. I think cuz she was a supermodel. I I do remember she was a model, yeah. Um I guess that was her first. Yeah, yeah. that's cuz all the, all her other credits are as self model. Yes. So yeah, so that was her first show. Good for her. Yeah. God damn. Right on. Imagine imagine being talented and good at something. That's crazy. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> um, so then another show I've been watching is Atlanta, which was created by Donald Glover. The Childish Gambino, yes? Yes. Yeah. No uh, relation to Danny Glover. No. <laughs> um, but it is uh, Atlanta is a is a uh, really great show. Uh, it's it's just fucking good. It's so entertaining right. and it's really like funny and inter- and entertaining, but it's also just deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also a connection there because Lakeith Stanfield's in it. And yeah, and he's in one of the movies we're talking about today. Yes. Uh, and yeah, I just, it's just a really enjoyable show. I love any, pretty much everything Donald Glover does. Mm-hmm. He's a very talented man. He was very good in Community. Yes, I need to watch Community at some point. You haven't seen it? No. Uh, first season is kind of choppy, but then like, I think like the second, season two to season five are like gold. Right on. So I'll check it out. Um, but yeah, so Atlanta, really good fucking show. Uh, I would recommend Zazie Beats is also in it. I like I like Zazie Beats. She's very good. Is she utilized in that show? Yes. She's not just a plot device. She gets like episodes. She has a couple episodes dedicated to her. That's good, but she's not just there. No, she's not there for uh for Joaquin Phoenix to be weird about. No, God, I fucking <laughs> um ugh. Anyway, but yeah, those are so that is what I have brought. I brought three excellent TV shows that I would recommend. What have you excellent shows? Okay, all right, uh, Mister. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have you brought uh, this week to consume? What have you consumed? Um, well, earlier I had a sandwich, so I'd recommend sandwiches. What kind of sandwich? Uh, it was a Turkado from Borden Brew. Right on. I've never had that. Oh, you should try it. You should. You should. You should. Uh, you should try Borden Brew. Yeah, maybe I will. It's a local San Diego joint. Right on. Um, yeah. So first one, I guess the first two are some are two short films. Okay. Uh, one is called What Did Jack Do? What did Jack do? Directed by uh, the one, the only, David Lynch. David Lynch. David Lynch. He he made the short film a few years ago, and it's on Netflix now. Yes. And basically, David Lynch, as as um, as a detective, he interrogates a monkey. That's beautiful. Uh, who is voiced 
by David Lynch. This is the most <laughs> David Lynch thing I've ever heard. It's um, it's interesting. There's a musical number in the middle of the short, of course, with the monkey <laughs> performing. It's it's great. Uh, watch it. It's on Netflix. Okay. Um, if I if I had any real criticism of that short, it would be that it's a little too long. How long is it? It's 16 minutes long. Oh, okay. It does kind of drag a little bit, but like I think the the um I think overall it's a good it's a good it's a good uh good good short film. Right on. On Netflix, check it out. Another short film is called uh Goldman versus Silverman, directed by the Safdie brothers. Oh, right on. Who directed Uncut Gems from last year? That's right. And uh Adam Sandler's in it. Oh. And that's a fun short. Um right on. They filmed it, I believe, during while they were filming Uncut Gems. They filmed that. That's fun. Yeah. And then uh, I would like to recommend a comic series that I have liked for a really long time. Yes. Uh, that I haven't mentioned on here yet. And that is this comic series called Monstrous. Oh, that's right. Uh, written by Marjorie Liu. Yeah. And drawn beautifully by Sana Takada. Yes. It is a uh, like a fantasy. Um, it, it, it's fantasy. And then yeah. there's like other genres kind of mixed in there. There's a little bit of horror. There's a little bit of comedy. There's one story arc where they're kind of pirates for a little bit oh it's really cool it's a really cool series the artwork is gorgeous yeah the writing is really top-notch marjorie Liu is a fantastic writer uh she's actually the reason that i like x23 right on and um it's a very good se- uh, series i believe there are four volumes in now so you can still catch up if you oh, get a chance cool. uh yeah um published by image comics right on and i think hmm was that it was that all that i had to recommend i think i was going to recommend a, a, a song or a oh I would like to recommend um, an artist, uh, Rina Soayama. Yes, who is a uh, she is a uh, musician uh, Japanese um, from England. Yeah, and she released a couple singles recently, and she's about to release her first uh, debut album in April. So go check out her two singles um, on her YouTube channel. Uh, they're called Calm de Garçon and Shut the Fuck Up. Oh, yeah, go check them out. Uh, very good, very good stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I have to recommend. Right on. Yeah. So let's get into the nitty gritty of this week. Yeah. Are you ready to talk about these movies? I am. Yeah. We're talking, of course, about um, Driving Miss Daisy yes. and Green Book. Oh, God. So <laughs> I've been scammed. You've been scammed. You tricked me. I I um, I, I, I tricked you real good. Like, uh, first up, sorry to bother you. Yes. Uh, released in 2018. Yes, of course. Uh, written and directed by Boots Riley. Of course, yeah. Let me ask you a question. Do you know who Boots Riley is? I did not before I saw this movie. Yeah, he is a he's a rapper. Yeah. Uh, out of Oakland, and he was a part of the hip hop group, um, The Coup, which right are a p- very political hip hop group. Um, I'd recommend checking them out. Do you think this movie's political? You know, it might be. Yeah. <laughs> it might. It might be a little political. Uh, starring uh, Lakeith Stanfeld. Oh yeah. Uh, Tessa Thompson. Of course. Uh, Jermaine Fowler. Yeah. Terry Crews. Yes. Uh, we got um, Danny Glover's in there. We got uh, Stephen Ewan. Yeah. Uh, who he was from The Walking Dead. Oh, that's right. Uh, we have uh, um, fucking Army Hammer. Yes. In there as well, who um plays a very interesting gentleman. Yes, of course. So this movie, um. Wow, uh, what what is this movie about? So sorry to bother you. It's about Cassius Green. Uh, yes, who he's kind of down on his luck, uh, and he's living in. How, what is his relation to Terry Crews? This is uncle. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, he's living in his uncle's garage, yes. rent, renting, and uh, he is uh, in a relationship with Tessa Thompson. What a lucky guy! I know. 
And uh, he and so he gets a job at a call center. Mm-hmm. And to find success in this call center, uh, he uh, uses a white voice. Yeah, so that that's an interesting uh, plot point in the film, and in the film, um, it's 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 a very surrealist film. Yes, of course. So uh, I feel like I feel like there were some people who were kind of turned off by that, but it yeah. is it is a surrealist film. So the stuff that happens in it, like, don't take it literally. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a lot of stuff in the film that's more figurative and more kind of you know. Yeah. Um. What's the word I'm looking for? Like metaphorical. Yeah, exactly. That is more. It is trying to symbolize certain aspects of our capitalist society that we live in. Yeah, of course. You know, so don't don't take it like a literal um film. There's even a line about it uh about that in the movie where it's like, "Huh, do you think it's like a metaphor for like capitalism turning people into horses?" And she's like, "No, they're actually turning people into horses." Yeah, they 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 kind of there's some stuff there's some uh there's some self-referential humor in it throughout the movie as yeah. well. Um yeah, so he he gets a job at this call center. Yes, and he he works his way up to be a power caller. Of course, um, with through the use of his white voice, which is a very convincing white voice. Yes, and um, he the, the movie kind of follows this this story um, where the telemarketers who are who are working at this place they want to go on strike. They want to go and, and unionize. Yeah, of course. And he of course um, he ends up uh, kind of crossing. That picket line, he he becomes uh, he like kind of betrays his friends, so he yeah. can move up in the world. Exactly, and then as he's moving up, it's just like you get the because it's like the stuff he's selling becomes like worse and worse because he's selling at a certain point. Like, don't they say that he's selling like weapons to like foreign countries? Yeah, so it starts out with him like selling like magazines, yeah, like encyclopedias, and then at the end he's like selling like rockets and like you know weapons of mass destruction yeah of course yeah there's a lot there's a lot of um really heavy concepts in this film around yeah. uh capitalism and, and wage labor and the military industrial complex yeah uh the alienation of of wage labor yeah um which do, do you think that this film what which side do you think this film falls on politically um, it's definitely not a right film. I think it's definitely a very left-leaning film. Very, very left-leaning. Yeah, like so, it's so far left-leaning that it like fell over. It fell. It fell over. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 film uh, fell into the graceful uh, arms of Karl Marx, yes. and then it stroked his his lovely beard. It was beautiful. Um. Yeah. Boots Riley. It should be. It should be mentioned that he is a very political person. Yeah. Of course. Uh, if you follow his Twitter feed, he he has a lot of uh, opinions about a lot of current world uh, uh, events. Yeah. And um, I don't want to assign any like political, um, you know, um, like label to him. Yeah. But I think it would be safe to say that he's probably a socialist, probably might be a Marxist. Yeah, of course. He's definitely talked about he's definitely talked about Marx uh, ideologies and teachings in his music. Yeah. As well as just in his personal life. Yeah, of course. What do you what do you think about that? What do you think about the political aspects of this film? I think it's really well done. Yeah, it's like it's interesting because when you look at both of the films we're talking about today, one of them is this very like heavy film, and we'll get into that, you know, uh, discussing yes. it. Uh, as, as you might recall, on our 2018 ra- uh, uh, roundup episode, mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever I got extremely passionate while talking about that movie, yeah, I do remember that. Yes, yeah, and uh, I know somebody who listened to that and it made them uncomfortable. I'm not going to say who it was. But, you know, and, and uh, what's starting to bother you, while it discusses extremely heavy topics, it's in a very, like, surreal, like, hyper-realistic way. 
it's kind of tongue in cheek. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that really works to the film's uh, strengths. Yeah, I think it's a fucking amazing movie. It's really good. I, I liked it a lot. I think it was one of my top movies of of twenty eighteen. Same, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely a movie that will catch your eye because of the really interesting visuals. Yeah. And like set design that goes into it, as well as the costuming and and colors. It's yeah. a very beautiful movie to yeah. look at. Uh, like Tessa Thompson's wardrobe is so interesting and cool in this movie it's really cool and i've and i've seen some people uh on my instagram uh feed as well as on my twitter feed who have uh dressed up like tessa thompson's character that's cool for like halloween and stuff and they, they've they've even made the earrings which are really cool yeah i like the murder 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 kill 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 earrings from the beginning yes uh she also has a really cool shirt in yep. the film that um reads that the the future is female ejaculation yes of course which i really like that shirt same um yeah, um, her character is really interesting. Yeah, because she's like this performance artist, who's you know um, kind of pointing out the kind of evils of you know imperial uh, imperialist uh, and capitalist uh, societies. Yeah, of course. And she kind of has to deal with um, Lakeith Stanfield and him kind of getting bought into that uh, system that she's you know opposing. Yeah. Which is an interesting dynamic. Well, how do you think they they did with that? I mean, I think it was really fucking well done. Like, yeah. like it's one of those things where, like, because you get the vibe early on that, like, because she even works at the call center for a bit. She does get a job at the call center. She does yeah. work there, and um, yeah, I mean, go go on, continue. Yeah, but uh, you know, and it's one of those things where you get the vibe that like they've like supported each other. They've known each other for like since high school, I believe. I think I think they mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, and it's just this situation where like as the movie goes on, you know, you have that really wonderful scene. Uh, which I think has one of the best lines in the movie, uh, where she just starts like accusing him of like you know, uh, the, like just being this like kind of like fascist like capitalist like pig, and stuff. And he's just like getting more and more frustrated with her. And at a certain point, she tries to take all of the uh, blankets from him, and he says, "You don't need that much of the blanket. It's not necessary." Which right. the line always makes me laugh really hard. I've seen this movie like five times now. Do you think that that line about the blanket has a has a has like an under yes. has an undertone? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna bring that up. I think that it has a undertone of a, about consumerism, right? And about uh, capitalism with like wanting uh, wanting too much or wanting more than you even need. Yeah, I mean, and we taking can, away from others. We can look at our own uh, our own society. You know, yeah, we do live in one. Um, <laughs> you know, you 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 see that with with a lot of CEOs and a lot of people who like yeah. Are, have like billions of dollars and it's like to even wrap your mind around what would you do with all that money yeah like what would you use all that for yeah and you know they and i think their philosophy is typically just to make more of it but it's like why though yeah no exactly i, I don't know i'm um if you haven't figured out what our what what at least my political leanings, I, I won't speak for you, but if you haven't figured out my political leanings from listening to this episode, then I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> um, it ain't no secret. It's it's not. I'm literally wearing a red shirt right now. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and I am wearing a, a a Raider hat because this movie is from uh, Oakland. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and uh, they will always be the Oakland Raiders. Never anything else. No. Um. As far as I'm concerned. Anyways, um, yeah, sorry to bother you. Yeah. Uh, very cool movie. Before we get into to that, yeah, I wanna I wanna tell our listeners, I wanna tell our our, our peoples at home. I wanna tell them, um, if you if listening to us talk about this movie uh, has piqued your interest, yes, and you want to check it out and you haven't seen it yet, I yeah. would recommend uh, checking it out. Yes. 
you know, rent it online, download it, um, try to do it legally, yes. you know, support the artists whose work you enjoy. Um, watch it. Yeah. And then come back to the podcast and listen to the rest of our episode. Yes, of course. Because we're about to talk about one of the uh, biggest spoilers in cinematic history. I agree, yeah. Um, so, you know, stop listening now. Go go watch the movie and, um, you know, check it out. It's, it's definitely worth your time. Yes. So, you know, spoiler alert. Yeah. So... Horse people. Yeah, horse people. They got big dicks. Uh, human horse mutant hybrids. Yes. So when you saw this film for the first time, yeah. What did you what did you think when you first saw this? Um, so I was working out <laughs> while watching this movie the first time I watched it. Were you watching it at like the gym? No, I was watching it in my room. And you were like doing uh doing squats? No, I was I wasn't squatting. Uh, I was doing uh some curls. Some curls, bicep okay. curls, yeah. I was getting strong. And uh I uh all of a sudden, you know, there's he's uh walking through the home. He's trying to find a bathroom. Yes. Uh, he just hears this this voice saying, "Help me, I'm hurting." Mm-hmm. And then he uh suddenly it bursts open and there's just a horse man, just yeah. on the ground. And I was just like, "What the actual fuck? This is great." I I remember I was in theaters watching this. Right. Yeah. And when that happened, I was like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> um. I, I immediately became very worried. Yes. Because I was like, how is Boots going to pull this off? Yeah. Like, this is fucking weird. This is fucking crazy. And I think he pulled it off very well. Yes. I, I, it, it, it ended up working out very well. Um, I guess we can go back a little bit. Yeah. Um, Lakeith Stanfield, he goes to this party thrown by Army Hammer, who is supposed to be like a surrogate yeah. for the modern day venture billionaire capitalist. Yes. He makes know. him rap. Do you remember the lyrics to that rap? I don't think I can say them. Do you want to do a rendition? No, I'm okay. Are you are you sure? I'm 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 you know I am okay. I think I'll pass on that. But thank you, you for offering. I mean, you could if you wanted. No, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm fine. It's a very good rap. I, I the talk. I think that's one of the most like uh, more obvious metaphors for the film. Oh yeah, I think so too. <laughs> where, <laughs> where, <laughs> where, uh, where Army Hammer. Uh, puts Lakeith Stanfield on a stage in front of a bunch of uh, privileged white people yeah. and makes them perform hip hop yes. for this white audience. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because that that's actually, uh, that, that was a topic that came up on, on Twitter yeah. uh, because of, of rapper No Name. She pointed out that a lot of, uh, a lot of people who show up to these rap um, concerts are, are white. Yeah. And um, I, Vince Staples also has a lyric about that in one of his songs from his uh, from his Summer '06. Yeah, that's right. Uh, EP, but um, yeah. Uh, so that that's definitely a me- metaphor. Yeah. Um, so he meets Army Hammer, who is obviously the surrogate for this billionaire capitalist yeah. uh, that we have. In I our... always forget it's Army Hammer, like when I'm watching it. You know, Army Hammer has that kind of face where, like, you see him. Yeah. And then if you turn around, you kind of forget that he was ever there. Yeah. Which is probably why his film career has not gone anywhere. I was going to say that's probably why he got cast as Batman that one time. Um, Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Ar- Army Hammer is... He he owns this um this company called, uh, called Live Well. Yes, right? that's right. Yeah. Where basically you can become an indentured servant. This is true. Where you, you live um at the at the at the factory doing factory type things yeah and um yeah he is turning his factory workers into horse people yeah equestrians uh, 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 homo equestrians right yeah um that's what he calls them homo equestrians and the point is is that if they're horse mutants 
then they can work for longer, uh, work harder, yeah. and be better employees. Yes, exactly. Because everything is about profit. Yeah, of course. It's always it's always how to be more rich and make more money. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. So you you liked how that turned out. Yeah, I mean, in the context of like, if this is a real life situation, and the context of the film, it's really sad that the people that were turned into horses. Yeah, if people were actually being turned into horses, I would be um, livid. I would, uh, yeah, I'd be livid. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, there. I mean, there are some people who might actually really like that, though. You yeah. Know, some some furry type people who might really oh who might sign up for for live well immediately sure. after finding that out. They want to be horse people. Um. Yeah, it was a really interesting twist. Yeah. Uh, it worked out very well, I think. Yeah. Do you think it works as a metaphor for like the exploitation of this whole, workers? This whole movie is a metaphor. Yeah. I, I think this is like the most metaphorical movie ever made. Yeah. I, I remember, um, so I was still working at the theater and, uh, Sam and Nat, uh, went to go see the movie. Oh, what'd they think? Uh, and they came out and I just said, Hey, what'd you guys watch? They were like, sorry to bother you. I was like, how was it? Cause I hadn't seen it yet. And You're they were, right. And they were just like, it's weird, but it was good. It, it is a weird film. Yeah. It is very strange. I really want Boots Riley to make another movie. Same, yeah. Um, we'll see if that happens. I hope he does. I'd love to see him make another one with Lakeith, because I think Lakeith is such a fucking talented actor. Lakeith is great. Yeah. Uh, Lakeith is great. Tessa Thompson is great. Yes. Um, I, I I remember hearing somewhere that at one point, Boots was trying to get uh, Donald Glover to play Lakeith Stanfield's role. That would have also been excellent. But apparently, Donald Glover couldn't do it because of like scheduling conflicts. Yeah. Um, might have been because of Solo. Who knows? Um, so he recommended Lakeith. That's cool. To Boots. Because I guess Lakeith is in, he's in Atlanta, yes, right? Yes, he is. He's yeah. in the show? Yeah. So I guess Donald recommended Lakeith to Boots, and that's how he got in the movie. That's cool. Because yeah. I think it would have been a very different movie. like With with uh, with Donald Glover? Yeah, but I do think that like Lakeith fits that character better, and it's a better to show off how he can be a leading man, because I think he can be. He can be. He he has a lot of supporting roles. Yeah. Uh, most recently in, in the movie Knives Out, where he played one of the tech one of the detectives. Yeah, I just saw that this week. Oh, you did? What'd you think? It's excellent. It's a really good movie. Yeah. Um, not enough red herrings though, man. Should have been more red herrings in that movie. <laughs> um, the whole movie is a red herring. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Keith is great, and this film really does show off his acting chops. Yeah, absolutely. And he does a really great job of playing that, like you know, kind of alienated uh working um class person yeah. who then gets drawn in to the to the capitalist quote unquote dream yes with promises of of being you know rich and and making a lot of money yeah but then it turns out that the company he's working for sees him as nothing more than a way to make profit yeah exactly and they just straight up just turn him into a horse yeah to just become a a worker yeah to you know just to you know, to 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 be a part of that system of of just making as much money as possible. Yeah, of course. By any means possible. Yes. They're literally selling weapons. Um and yeah, I mean this movie really has a lot to say about that kind of system, that that system that, you know, we currently live in. Yeah. So from a filmmaking perspective, at the end of this movie, uh it gets revealed that Lakeith Stanfield is slowly turning into a horse. Yes. And then it says like directed by Boots Riley. Uh, and there's like, I think there's a couple other credits and then it, like, there's like a almost mid credit scene mm-hmm. where he shows up at Army Hammer's house and is like, sorry to bother you. I'm a horse. And then, uh, he bursts in and like roars the way that horses do. Yeah. And I was wondering, do you think that scene at the end worked or would you have cut that out? Um, I, w- I wouldn't have cut it out. I think, you know, obviously, um, 
you know, if you read Marx yeah. and you read Lenin, then you would know that the only way to bring down the, the capitalist system that we have yeah. is through a, a proletarian revolt. Of course, sure. <laughs> so... Um, no, I, I think that's what what Boots was kind of portraying in that in that um, end credit scene was just kind of like, and this is how I, I don't like. I don't think that scene actually happened in the movie. I yeah. think it was more of kind of like this is what should happen. Yeah. Um, now, of course, I'm not I'm not calling for for violent revolution. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not calling for no. that. But I think Boots has some opinions about that. Um, yeah. You know, and I mean the whole movie just is really about that that you know kind of the 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 system how it how it affects people yeah of course and the reaction that people have to that system you know what i mean yeah of course and i and while i do like the scene on its own i just personally think it kind of fucks with the flow of the end of the movie so you think it should just ended with him turning into a horse on one hand yeah because i do think that it's just the way that the music sets up with that it's a really good final shot but then also i understand the ending needing to be there so maybe it's just a no-win scenario Right. Because it's kind of awkward editing wise, but then also it does fit as an ending to the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I I don't know. Well, yeah, we'll have to ask Boots about that. Yeah, we'll talk to him. Yeah, we'll we'll hit him up on, on Twitter. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, sorry to bother you. Uh really interesting film. A lot of interesting stuff to yes, say. Yes. It's very good. I, I enjoy it. Yes. Um on IMDB it's classified as a comedy fantasy sci fi. Oh. So yeah, so that, that's what that's what that movie is. Uh, I say let's rate it X for horse penis. Uh, it's rated R, um, but yeah, I don't I don't know if it would have been rated X no. for horse for horse penises. Maybe if they were erect. There is actually I remember I was watching um, that documentary I've mentioned out here a couple times. Uh, um, this film is not yet rated. Yeah, and at one point there actually was kind of like this rule about penises in films. Yeah. Where if they were flaccid, then it's an R, but if yeah. they're erect, then it's NC-17. Yeah, of course. So that that's something interesting to think about. That's what's interesting about going back to Euphoria is that like you just see like people just watching porn and you see people like getting blowjobs. Yeah, well, like TV is is really interesting because um, it I mean technically HBO is not TV; it's cable. Yeah. So you can they can basically put whatever they want on there. Yeah. But I, I remember I was I was listening to a podcast one time. They're talking about how television works and basically like. There's not really any rules about what you can and can't put on television. Yeah. But if people complain about stuff to the FCC, then they will fine you for certain oh, stuff. Oh, of course. So that's why back in the early 2000s, they could play like ads for Girls Gone Wild at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Uh, of course, no nudity. No. But, you know, it was still something that could happen. I, you know, I heard, I've heard about that from secondhand. I didn't, yeah. I didn't stay up till two o'clock in the morning to watch. I didn't stay up Girls to, Gone Wild ads. I didn't stay up till two in the morning to specifically watch those once when I was a child. Um, and then you found out that Cinemax just played straight up softcore porn. So it's like, why am I watching? That was a great day. <laughs> totally by accident. I yeah. had no idea what was going on. Yeah. I, and I, I thought I was watching Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. Uh, yeah. Sorry to bother you. Uh, good film. Very interesting. Definitely yes, worth checking out. Absolutely. Um, Boots, if you listen to this, and I know you will because everybody listens to our podcast. Yes. Uh, please make another movie. Yeah, I love you. Yeah, you're you're a cool guy. I, I like I like your fro. Yes. Um, next film we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, the Black Klansman. Yes. Um, directed by Spike Lee. Is this first Spike Lee we we reviewed? Right. I think so. We've mentioned him before on the podcast. Yeah, many times. Uh, yeah, Spike Lee. That's that's a shame. Uh, he has some really good movies. Yeah. Um. 
starring um, John David Washington. Yes. As Ron Stallworth. Of course. Uh, starring Adam Driver. Yeah. Um, starring that guy from that 70s show. The oh, Topher it? Venom? Topher Venom, yes. Yeah. Uh, starring Topher Grace. Alec Baldwin makes a quick a cameo at the beginning. That's right, yeah. Which is interesting. And then, of course, we have uh, Laura Harrier. She's brilliant. She's in this movie, and she was also in another movie in 2018. What, was it 2018? Maybe not. No. The Spider-Man? Was Spider-Man 2018? No, 2017. No, 2017. Well, she was in Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. Yes. She played uh, Liz. So, yes. anyways. Um, Black Klansman, uh, directed by Spike Lee. Of course. Um, what is what is this movie about? What happens this this film? Okay, so this movie is based on a true story. Uh, about... It's based on a, on a crazy, outrageous, incredible true story, according to the poster. Yes. Uh, it's based on some for real shit. For for real, for real shit. Yeah. Um, and so it's about Ron Stallworth, uh, who becomes a police officer in the Colorado Springs Police Force. Uh, yes. And uh, he wants to go into narcotics, but they're just like, no, you... Well, he wants to become like an undercover cop. Yes, undercover, yes. Yeah. And then they uh, he decides one day to call uh, a newspaper ad for the Ku Klux... For the Ku Klux Ku- I just realized I've never had to say this out loud. The the the, uh, the Ku Klux Klan. The Ku Klux Klan, yeah. The KKK. Yeah, those dumb motherfuckers. So who are, he... who are not okay, okay, okay. No. Um. Yeah. He he does. There there's a little bit of middle part there because he's working in records. Yes, of course. And then they do recruit him because there's um a, a member of the Black Panther uh, Party or the Black Panther movement is doing a a, a speaking event in yes, his of town. I got you. And that's where he meets uh, Laura's character. And that's where he um, is first introduced to this kind of like black power movement yeah. of, of black pride and, and black power. And, yes, of you know, course. All power to all the people. Yes. Um, and then through that, he becomes an undercover cop. Yeah. And then that's when he decides to call it the KKK. Yeah. So he, he calls them up. Uh, and uh, I can't remember the ac- actor's name who plays Walter. Uh, he uh, calls him up and... He's basically just uh, uses a sort of uh, fakish voice and says, "My name is Ron Stallworth. I'd like to join the the uh, KKK and all this stuff." And he basically just convinces him to uh, set up a meeting and all that. And then he realizes he used his real name. Yeah, to set yeah. up a meeting. <laughs> yeah, and, they uh, used his real name to 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 join the uh, the Ku Klux Klan. Yes. So so eventually a, a plan comes together for Adam Driver's character Flip Zimmerman. Yes. Uh, to be the physical body of Ron Stallworth yeah. while uh, uh, John David Washington uh, Ron is the real Ron Stallworth yeah. is the voice on the phone who talks to them. So yeah, so when he's talking to the KKK over the phone, yeah. it's uh, Ron Stallworth. And then when they meet in person, it's uh, Flip. Yes. Uh, Flip played by Adam Driver. Yes, of course. But Adam Driver is great in this movie. He's a really fucking good actor. He is, yeah. yeah. You know, Disney should give him a chance and maybe make him in a Star Wars movie. Dude, that'd be so cool if Adam Driver was in Star Wars. It would be, yeah. That should happen because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, no. We recorded this in 2014. Yep. Um, um, so we're talking about two <laughs> movies that came out in 2018. We're time travelers. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's uh, this movie is like amazing. It's really good. I, yeah. I would say that this is probably Spike Lee's second best movie. What's number one? Uh, Do the Right Thing. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, Do the Right Thing is definitely number one. I think this is number two. Okay. Number three would probably be 25th Hour. Yeah. And then after that, I mean, I just I just really like Inside Man. Clive Owen, man, he's great. Right on. Um, but yeah, uh, this movie's really fucking great. Yes. And I think I, I, re- I mentioned um, in our 2018 film roundup 
that uh, this movie had me laughing my ass off in some scenes. Yes, yeah, and then in other scenes, I was literally so angry. Yeah. that I was gritting my teeth. Yep. And when I was watching it again for the podcast, I, I was kind of more calm in in the film because I'd already yeah. seen it. But then when they get to the ending, I yep. was pissed off again. <laughs> so I have a question. So uh, jumping forward slightly, uh, really quick, to say, is it the is the birth of a nation scene the scene that like upsets you the most? Um, n- no. I mean, it's definitely. I mean, I have a lot of my own opinions about Birth of a Nation. Uh, speaking as someone who who went to film school, and yeah, of course, was told by you know white film professors that this movie is an important American piece of cinema that everybody needs to watch and yeah. all this shit. Um, no, the part that made me angry was was at the end. I mean, a lot of oh, things made yeah. me angry. Yeah, but the part at the end where it jumps forward to like present day and it's yeah, like, of course, oh yeah, racism. It's still a thing. Yeah, Do you even <laughs> you have because uh, it's very because uh, David Duke, uh, who's played by Topher Grace, at one point uh, says over the phone that he must return, quote unquote, turn America, return America to its former greatness. Yeah, uh, in the at the end of the movie when they're at the uh, clan meeting thing. Mm-hmm. You hear a guy in the background because I was watching it with subtitles. Somebody in the background says, "I'm going to make America great again." Yeah, I mean that whole idea of a returning America to this kind of like mythic era of greatness. It is based totally in racist ideologies and racist rhetoric. Yeah, it's propaganda. It is. It is propaganda. Um, and I mean that's the thing. That's how. Um, and we're gonna talk. You know, more politics. Yeah, this is a very. A uh, political heavy um, show. Yes, of course. Um, but you know, the thing is, is that when you look at at like white supremacy and you know like racism and and fascism, um, you'll notice that a lot of people who try to push those ideologies, they won't come out right and say, "I am a fascist. I am yeah. a racist." What they'll do is they'll use these very kind of abstract ideas yeah. and terms of like make america great again america yeah. first yeah build the wall sure yeah and these are things that on their own aren't necessarily inherently like it just the words themselves just the statements themselves aren't racist sure yeah but then when you take into account the history and the context of these statements they are yeah exactly you know make america great again it is a racist statement yes okay because what like great again so it was once great when was that was that in the 1950s when you know black people were you know being segregated yeah when it was illegal to be gay when you know um being a a woman was i mean you know was was really difficult thing to do was it before then in like the 1800s when slavery was a thing yeah like these are the these are the calling cards that you know fascists will use to kind of gain support in in the mainstream yeah without actually saying hey i'm a fascist yeah exactly that's how people can get wrapped up in this shit and that's how people can get you know, tricked into believing these things. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and that's that's how that works. Yeah, I mean, that's that's literally how fascism works. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and the thing too is like, uh, this is a movie that obviously I think had to be made by a black director, and especially Spike Lee. Yeah, Spike Lee, <laughs> who uh, he is he is a very uh, an extremely political director. Is he? <laughs> yeah, I haven't noticed. Uh, Do the Right Thing is a fantastic film. Everybody should see it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the thing about Spike Lee um, with doing Black Klansman is so when white people try to make movies about racism, 
mm-hmm. they it, well they usually will cast a white kind of avatar yeah. character like i we, like i made the joke earlier like oh we're gonna talk about drive miss daisy we're gonna talk about green book and yeah those, those are films about racism by white people who they feature white savior characters in there yeah exactly and you know that's i mean yeah we can get to the whole other episode about that yeah. kind of shit yeah, but but, uh, keep, keep, keep going. but uh, you know, so the thing is, like, uh, whenever you get uh, racism being discussed from like a black perspective of people who have like experienced it firsthand, they know people who they've had family members who throughout history have like uh, dealt with it. Especially you know, Spike Lee's a, a man in his sixties. You know, he's yeah. I'm sure he's seen the uglier side more than a couple times in his life. And even like to this day, I mean, it, it's yeah. he's, he's talked about um, pretty regularly about how it is. It is difficult for him to sometimes to get um, funding for films. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I'm not going to say it's because he's a person of color. Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of why. <laughs> yeah, but like, and, you know, it's one of the things where like, you know, this movie portrays hatred. Uh, hate, well, you know, it, this movie talks about racism a lot, and, and you see these people and the reasons they're racist, and it just comes from it's just this raw like hatred from them. Like it is just. They're so full of hatred and just. Well, that was an interesting aspect of the film too. Yeah, because you did have that that character, um, who was like super racist, who was like super like yeah, almost kind of like cartoonishly racist. Oh, the the guy who like hated Adam Driver. Yeah, I didn't who, trust him. Yeah, who was like, show me your dick. Um, <laughs> uh, with his uh, with his wife. Yeah, with his wife. Oh God, I hate his wife. Oh my God, yeah. Um, I'm sure she's a nice person in real life. Oh yeah, she did a fantastic job of playing an absolutely terrible person. Yeah. But then, um, what this film does, what Spike Lee does so well, is that yeah. he's able to portray both sides of that, like comically racist every other word is the n-word yeah and then he's also able to portray the prim and proper racist yeah like the, david duke like david duke or the guy um the the main guy who he um the 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 main leader of, of that kkk branch that he yeah. ends up joining who you know they speak well and they seem like normal kind of agreeable people they don't yeah. they don't come off as like terribly um you know uh antagonistic yeah of course but of course when you actually peel back the layers and peel back you know the their their message then you realize oh this is coming from a place of hatred and bigotry yeah and white supremacy yeah and um you see that a lot in real life yes exactly with you know these people who will be paraded around by certain media organizations yeah um as kind of like you know Say someone uses, I don't know, facts and logic to make arguments. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, it'll be like, oh, you see, it's not, you know, it's not opinions. It's just, you know, facts. It's just, you know, it's just, you know, so-and-so study said this or whatever. Yeah. And then, but then when you actually get underneath it, it's like, oh no, this is, this is racism. Yeah. It's like, it's also interesting because like, so I'm from Tulsa, like Oklahoma. That's where Watchmen happened. Yes. That's where Watchmen (laughs) happened. So uh, Tulsa is a historically horribly racist place um well yeah i mean there was the the tulsa massacre yeah which was a real thing that happened yes and it, and it's one of those things where like you know people can pretend like and i've heard people say that like you know firsthand from oklahoma that uh there's no such thing as racism anymore obama's racist well uh, i mean i've known people oh, i'm sorry san- not obama's racist that obama's president so racism is over right and i've, I've heard people in san diego say that yeah and, and it's one of those things where and those same people who would say that would then say Oh well, once Obama gets elected, uh, Jesus is coming back because he's the Antichrist. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, and, and you know, and it's one of those things where, like, I've heard 
So like you know, I, I was a white man from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard the the way that some white people act when they think that nobody around them can fucking hear what they say is mm-hmm. horrifying sometimes. Like the things that you know, and I've heard it in San Diego, and I've and I've heard especially in Tulsa though, and not even just like when they think no one can hear them, but when they think that there's no, like you know, uh, I've been in like classrooms and just heard people just say outwardly like racist stuff, like. It is so ingrained in a lot of cultures, especially around the Midwest and like the South. Right. It is very ingrained in a lot of places. So, you know, when motherfuckers say things like, oh, you know, Obama was president, so that means racism was over. It's like, no, Obama being president is inherently what led to Trump because all of the racists got upset. And then you suddenly got this avatar for racism who is running for president that suddenly people can get behind and then just be like, oh, this is our fucking asshole leader that we're going to have. So then... Oh, look, it's happening again. You remember when we did the 2018 roundup where I was getting I, really I, upset? I, I did, yeah. It's happening now. Do you think, I mean, do you think Trump's a racist? <laughs> yes. Um, it's funny because in the 80s, he got in trouble for discriminating against uh, black tenants in his um, in his hotels and in his... Uh, I didn't know that. His housing, yeah. But yeah, not, not, that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot. That's interesting. I wonder but why. He, um, yeah, he, there, was like, there were like lawsuits. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing. But Donald Trump has been sued a lot in his life. That is true. <laughs> like a lot. And um one of one of the suits, I believe it was like from the seventies or eighties, is because um, you know, some of his like hotels or some of his like apartments that he owned were um openly discriminating against uh people of color. Yeah. And uh that man is in the WWE Hall of Fame. That makes me so mad. Oh. But hey, so is Hulk Hogan and so is the Ultimate Warrior. Was the Ultimate Warrior? Was he a racist too? Oh yeah, he was a homophobe, uh, oh, a no. racist. Um, he legally changed his name to Warrior. Please don't ruin Roddy Roddy Piper for me. Was he okay? Okay, so like I love Roddy Piper. Like he's not ruining him for me. Okay, so like one time, no, he did to wrestle a black man at WrestleMania, painted himself half black, and it was apparently his idea. And when he said it to Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon said, "I love you." What 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 year was this? This is the nineteen eighty six or seven. I guess it was a different time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't, um, um, this is the late 80s. It was against Ro- Bad News Brown, who I believe mm. has passed away. Oh, well, rest in peace. Well, R- Rowdy Piper also passed away. He did. He he passed away back in 2015. Yeah. Um, rest, um, wrestling is also in... There's so much racism in wrestling, but I'm not even going to get into that right now. Well, some would say that there's racism in a lot of aspects of our society. Well, yeah. Yes, that is very <laughs> true. I, um... Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you bring up, like, you know, hearing what white people say when they don't think anyone's listening. Yeah. Because, um, like we've mentioned on the podcast before, um, I'm, I'm mixed race. Yeah. You know, my, my father uh, was, was a Mexican. Yeah. My grandparents were Mexican immigrants. Yeah. Uh, they came to this country and they worked the fields and they worked in factories. And yeah, of course. They spoke Spanish until the day they died. They never, um, they, they, they knew a couple English words, but they mostly spoke Spanish. Yeah. And, you know, half my family is is Mexican. Yeah, of course. But I don't look Mexican. Right. I mean, would you agree I don't look like a Latino? Yeah, you. I thought you were white when I met you. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm half white. Yeah, of course. So the thing is, my mom is so white, it, like, kind of cancels <laughs> out some of my dad's Mexicanness. Right. But anyway, so because of the fact that I am mixed race, who looks like a white person, yeah. who also presents as white, um, I've had a plenty of experiences where I've been around people who will just say racist shit about yep. Mexican people yeah. in front of me, not knowing that I'm half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's always been a very eye-opening experience ever since, I mean, ever since I was a kid, I've, I've experienced that of yeah. like being in rooms with people who don't know that I'm mixed race, yeah, who don't know that I'm Latino, who will very openly talk about how they don't like 
Latinos or how they don't like Mexicans. Yeah, of course. And I remember one time there was this there was this girl I knew in middle school who was talking about um who was talking about how she didn't like Mexicans. Yeah. And I told her I said, "Well, I'm half Mexican." And she kind of looked at me and she was like, "Well, you're fine. You're okay." Oh, right. <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay. Well, thank you for for including me." Yeah. Now, are you going to include my dad and my grandparents and my cousins and my uncles and my aunts? Yeah. Like just because you said I'm okay doesn't like you're still you're still a piece of shit yeah exactly. <laughs> like you're still a bitch yeah and she actually sent me a friend request on facebook a couple uh, years ago and i never responded to it yeah of course not <laughs> she lives in oregon now and is a landlord oh no <laughs> i'm not i am not gonna have any opinions about landlords just go read boots riley's tweets <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyways so yeah this movie is, is about racism yes um yeah what what did you think about this film like we i think we, we've talked we, we like this movie yeah it's very powerful um it's very powerful yeah, uh i it's funny I, this is the first time I, i'd watched it since i saw it in theaters mm-hmm. uh, and when i saw it in theaters i remember there was this vibe throughout the theater like well, there were things uh like I, you could like verbally sort of yeah not by not, not by anybody saying things out loud but you could like just hear like the restlessness and the how unsettled and like uncomfortable people felt while watching this well i think that was sp- that was Spike's intention. Exactly. He wanted to make people feel uncomfortable. And that's good. And that was one of the things, you know, going back to what you said earlier about this being a, a director from a, a person of color. Yeah. Is that he was not pulling any fucking punches. No, yeah, he exactly. He was very upfront yeah. about what he had to say and he fucking said it. Yeah, exactly. And I respect Spike Lee so much for that. Yeah, I think same. that's why this is his second best movie he's ever made. Yeah. Um, I think he's brilliant. He really gets to the fucking point. He's yeah. like, no, this is what racism is. This is what it looks like. Yeah. These are the people who do it. Yeah. And this is how it affects people. And this is what their ultimate goal is. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's that really powerful scene that, like, honestly, when I was watching it at home today, I had to, like, take a, take a step back. Yeah. When the old, when they have the older uh, gentleman come and give the speech to the college kids. That's where I, today I had to take a break while watching the, yeah. Yeah. And he tells that story about his friend who got, you know, basically was, you know, murdered and, and beaten by a lynch mob. Yeah. And I mean, you, you look throughout history and like stuff like that, like really happened where you would have entire towns of yeah. people who would just in sometimes in broad daylight would murder like the Tulsa massacre yeah. like the Tulsa massacre and then even more recently I mean this isn't like like this is the thing when people say like oh racism doesn't exist or we've moved past racism it's yeah. like there are people still alive today yeah who experienced that shit yeah who experienced like public lynchings and who experienced like you know town like groups of you know vigilante you know, white, you know, um, posses that would go and, and murder these, these black men. Yeah, exactly. Um, for looking at a, at a white woman the wrong way. Yeah. You know, and it's like racism is something that still exists. Yeah. Um, it still permeates through our culture and it will continue to, and we really have to, first of all, acknowledge that and then try to fix that and try to get at the, get at the, the root of the problem and it's it's still there. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, yeah. But no, I mean, this movie is is great. It's very yeah. well made. And it should have won Best Picture over that bad movie about racism. Remember, uh, did you watched Green Book, right? Did you? No, see I st- it? no. I told that story, and I, I'll tell the story again for this podcast. Sure. Yeah. Um, because I think that 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 will put a lot into perspective about why Green Book is a shitty movie, and about uh how white people act again when they think that nobody around them 
right. is a is a, is a person of color. As I was because the- I worked we worked in a movie theater for a while. Yeah, and uh, I uh, I was theater checking Green Book, and there's a scene where Mahershala Ali is called a racial slur. Yeah, and every old white motherfucker in that theater started laughing like it was a joke, like it's a joke that he was called a racial slur. Right, and I just remember like I was so in awe of how stupid that was that I was legitimately like, did that really happen or did I fucking dream it? Yeah. And then I was like, no, that really fucking, that's a real fucking thing that happened. Well, um, there, there is a scene at the end of the movie. Um, the Mila movie starts out with Viggo Mortensen, his character, and we're talking about Green Book right now. Yeah. This is our quick Green Book episode. <laughs> this is yes. be, there's, a, there's a scene at the end where Viggo, like, well, Viggo Mortensen at the beginning of the movie is a racist. Yes. You know, um, some, uh, some, some black men show up to his house to fix his air conditioning unit and they uh, they drink lemonade out of one of his glasses, and so he throws the glass away in the garbage. Yeah, like that's the first scene we see of Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, and so our hero, our hero. Yeah, at the end of the movie, though, um, his father uh, refers to um, to a black man, to a person of color, as um, as, as a racial slur. Yeah, not the N word, but yeah. a word that's just as bad. It's it's the C word. Yeah, you know. Um, and Viggo Mortensen looks at his dad, and he says. Hey pops, don't call him that. You know that's not that's not right. Yeah. And then uh, Linda Cardellini, who's sitting next to him, she looks at him and he he like she puts her her hand on Viggo Mortensen's hand and she smiles at him and she's like, "My husband learned not to be racist." And this is the end of the movie. And this is where the movie is supposed to be, be like, we did it. But we, we solved the racism. The racism is over. But like because why- Viggo Mortensen told his dad not to use a racial slur. But like. What shouldn't if the movie is about like how racism is bad, then shouldn't like Mahershala Ali's character be the one who like No, because don't you understand has a victory at the end? No, no, because when you when you have a movie about racism made by white people, yeah, it's the white character that needs to take the person of color by the yeah. hand and say, I will be your savior. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> I will lead you to the promised land. And if I'm correct, uh wasn't Mahershala also the only fucking person who like thanked the original person, like in speeches? I I don't rem- I don't remember I wasn't following a lot of of what was like a lot of their like, yeah. media campaign that wouldn't surprise me I don't know <laughs> yeah um, yeah I mean back back to Black Klansman though yes um, this is a movie about racism where yes. the the main characters of color take agency and they are the main character and they do you know there there there's not any real white saviors in this movie no. And even at the end of the movie, it's still like, well, the cops are still there and the and the KKK are still there and racism yeah. still exists. And so it's like this one little victory, but the war still has to be won. Yeah. And exactly. It's even shows at the end how fucking David Duke is like still around. He's still around. And people still listen to him. And he was the he's I don't believe he is anymore, but he was the leader of the KKK. What? I think I don't know if he left or not. Um, I'm not, he's, I'm, he, he did something. I'm not he's really a fucking know. asshole. He, um, yeah, he, um, he gave his, he put his support behind Donald Trump. Yeah. He, he, he endorsed him basically. Yes. And then Donald Trump was on CNN and the news anchors asked him what he thought about David Duke giving his endorsement to Donald Trump. Yeah. And Donald Trump was like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. That was (laughs) one of, one of the most famous leaders of the KKK of, of modern time. Donald Trump never heard of him. And I, I believe the news anchor even explained. She was like, uh, he was the former leader of the KKK. And yeah. Donald Trump was like, well, I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you mean. I'm not, you know. Yeah. I think because like 
people like Donald Trump, they know where their they know where their base comes from. They yeah. know where their support comes from. Yeah, exactly. So they're not going to try and alienate that group of people. No, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just like and it is interesting. Topher Grace does do a good job of being David Duke. He's he did, he did a fantastic. This is probably his best role ever. Better than Venom. I would say better than Venom. Yeah. Better than Predator. Was he in Predators or The Predator? I don't remember. Predators. Yeah, he was in the one with Adrian Brody. Okay, all right. Yeah. I, I never saw that one. I didn't either. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, he 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 talked about how this playing this role like really made him depressed. So he edited The Hobbit he into did. a two-hour film. <laughs> he he edited three. Yeah, he's apparently a, a, a he he loves to edit stuff. Yeah, he did Star Wars. He did he did the Star Wars edit. Um, I wonder like he should edit it like a movie movie. He yeah. should like be an editor on something. That'd be cool. You know what? I'm gonna when I when I make my 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 feature film, I'm gonna yeah. hire Topher Grace as my editor. That'll be fucking cool. He'll be my editor guy. Edited by Venom. Venom, Venom, get him. Oh, God. Um, any, anything else we want to say about these two very... Um, these two very neutral movies that certain don't, certainly don't have anything to say about our modern society? Uh, I think they're must-watches. They are, yeah. They're brilliant. Um, I, I would say that I think Black Klansman is definitely the more accessible film. I agree with that, yeah. Because again, like, sorry to bother you, is more abstract and a little more surrealist. Yeah. But once you get past that, it is a, it is an enjoyable film. Yes. And Black Klansman is again, it's it's a it's a really great movie. Watching it again today, I was like, fuck, this movie's good. Yeah. I I I remembered it was good, but I didn't remember how good it was until it's one of those where like you watch it and then you're like, oh yeah, this is why I thought this was so great. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's that's I mean that's a great sign of a filmmaker is that they can make a movie where like if you watch it several times, every time you get you know. You get that feeling again of yeah. like, wow, this was a good fucking movie. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, this movie was 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 really good. I highly recommend it. Absolutely, everybody should watch Black Klansman. Yes. Um, I I believe everybody should watch. Sorry to bother you as well. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Anything else you want to say about Black Klansman or about Sorry to Bother You? You know, I think that's just about all she wrote. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, I mean, oh, Black Klansman was shot on film. Uh yeah it was yeah 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 it was it was shot on on actual film stock yeah yeah which is cool they should do that more often I agree um so yeah that I guess I guess that's our episode about about the black uh Klansman yes and about um about sorry to bother you yeah so anyways um I guess before before we do our outro yeah um I do have an announcement to make yeah um so. This will be my my final episode on yeah. shot on film. I'm I'm taking my departure. I'm yeah. bowing out. Of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed this 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 journey. I've really enjoyed being on the show. And uh, you know, this was all Caleb's idea. This was all Caleb's baby, yeah. and he decided to be gracious enough to have me on here with him and to you know really kind of uh, enjoy the ride. So I really appreciated it. And I think we're at episode forty nine right now. Yeah. This this is the fiftieth one we've recorded together, I believe. Fiftieth. Okay. Yeah. Good, good stuff, man. Thank you for having me on here. I've enjoyed it, and I hope that you continue to, you know, have some great, uh, have some great discussions on here. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not opposed to doing a guest spot in the future. Yeah, of course. I was gonna say, um, you know, this is. I know that this podcast is my idea. It's your baby as much as it's mine. Well, uh, we, we have we, joint custody. We have joint custody. <laughs> you, yeah, I, I, I get the podcast on the weekends. Yeah, um, but, you know, it, it is one of those things where, like, I think whenever we started out, you know, um. Like when we started this podcast uh, two years ago, just about. Yeah. Uh, and we took our like break and, and, you know, we made some movies in between. Yeah. Uh, you you made a short film. Yeah. 
And then I, I made a short film and you helped on it, yeah. which was a lot of fun. Yes. And, uh, you know, the thing is, um, like, the, we had, like, I had known you for, like, a year when we started the podcast. And mm-hmm. we had just become friends when this became a thing. Right, yeah. So, like, you know, we were getting to know each other um, whenever we started it. And, like, you know, when we started it, I made a lot of mistakes in the sense that I tried too hard to be funny. I was trying to do impressions. We brought Steven in and he clearly didn't like being on it. And he probably should have never been on it. Hey, you, you, you were good during those early episodes. Yeah. I, I was trying to figure shit out, too. Yeah, you know, and I, I couldn't have figured out the tone of this podcast without you. I really think, dude, you're, um, you know, you're one of my best friends, man. And I know that oh, shit. Wow. This, I, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, uh, you know, at all, because uh, I, I don't want to be too this. But, man, you really became like my brother the last couple of years. And uh, wow. I really appreciate you, man. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I, I appreciate you, too. Yeah. And you know what, man? Like, I've, I've really, I've really enjoyed this, this fun experience. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, it was it was really it was really cool, and uh, you know, I'm sure we'll do a lot more together in the future. Yeah, of course. And our our, our fans and our listeners, yes, can definitely look out for some of our some of our uh, joint projects. Yes, of course. Um, and and shot on film is not coming to an end. Uh, I'm going to be continuing the podcast uh, with episode 50. I'm gonna I'm gonna do Star Wars, and then we're gonna see. What, I have the next 26 episodes planned out. Wow. So <laughs> shit. So we'll see. Um, because uh, I, whenever you uh, had, uh, we were talking about you exiting, I was like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do, and I came up with an entire plan. So yeah, I'm excited to see what that plan is, man. Thank you. Um, so you know, I I hope everyone who who's listening is interested in uh, joining me on on the new venture in this new era of shot on film. We had the early era, we had the uh, the new uh, consistent era, and then we're gonna move into the just Caleb area, which will be interesting. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know. We, I, I like what we were doing where we were bringing on uh, guests. Yeah. You know, I missed out on, on, on the Watchmen guest. Yeah. Because I was sick. Yes. But um, I, fe- I feel a lot better now. That's good. But yeah. Um, yeah. So it'll be exciting to see what happens. Yeah. We'll looking you... forward to see to see what you do, man. Of course. Thank you. Um, and, and best of luck on all of your future endeavors as well. Oh, thank you. Well, you'll certainly hear about them. Yes, of course. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to like cut you off and, and never, you know, invite you to be on a, a set again. So that would be sad. <laughs> I know. Um, all right. Well, I guess that's it. Anything yeah. else you want to mention then? Uh, you know, I think that's just about it. All righty then. Yeah. Well, I guess we can do the outro then. Yeah. So uh, be sure to listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcast, and SoundCloud. And if you listen to us on iTunes, uh, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. It really helps out the show. And if you leave us a review, we will be sure to read it on air. Just keep in mind we record two months in advance. Yes. And um, please, please be sure to recommend us to your family, your friends, uh, maybe some people you know who might be racist and they can listen to this episode <laughs> and, you know, realize that that's not a good thing to do. Exactly. Uh, and uh, thanks to Sam, our sound engineer, as well as Harmon uh, for helping us record the episode. And a thank you to Ben uh, for giving us that uh, wonderful intro. Uh, this will probably be the last episode with that intro because I'm going to commission a new one. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it'll just be starring Caleb. Yeah. Well, I'll think of something funny. Okay. I can't wait to hear what happens to me in continuity. <laughs> <laughs> um and a and of course a shout out to tommy red fleming for designing our logo check the show notes for his instagram yeah so uh thank you for listening to shot on film uh i'm caleb and my name is anthony and uh thank you and good night good night <laughs>